Starting a new series tonight. Man, we were in the last one, I think, since September on prosperity, God's will for your life. And tonight, we're going to start on from devastation to restoration. Hallelujah. If you have a Bible, let's go to Jeremiah 29. Hallelujah. My favorite stories, favorite scriptures. A lot of people know this scripture because they probably have it on a coffee mug or a calendar or something. But a lot of times people don't know the, the, the context in which it's written. And this really, this scripture is really even a foundation for my life. This is 1993. And uh, I don't know how many times I've preached on it, talked about it. I believe it was the first couple years the Lord said, every time you preach, you, talk, you, you use this scripture. <laughs> and, uh, and it's just because there's more and more revelation. The word of God is inexhaustible. You never get to a place where you know, oh, I've heard that before. Well, the moment you have that attitude is the moment you stop growing. And the moment that God can stop trusting you with revelation. Man, that's, that's, a, that's a deep statement there. <laughs> I want God to trust me with his word. Amen. Hallelujah. Another, another way to get him to trust him with his word is be a doer of what you already heard. Amen. Amen. That, 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 that'll, we can just go home just with that, that understanding. Amen. Man, just, man, I love the word. Man, God, where would we be without your word? You wouldn't be saved if you didn't have his word. John 3, 16, you have no concept. Hallelujah. Jeremiah 29, 11 says, For I know the thoughts and plans that I have for you, says the Lord, thoughts and plans for welfare and peace and not for evil, to give you hope in your final outcome. As we press in the, into this tonight and begin this series, I'm, I'm going to start off in dealing with two things. I want to deal with God's desire and I want to deal with God's nature. I want to talk about those two things. I mean, those are series in, in and within themselves, but as it pertains to from devastation to restoration, I want to deal with his, his desire and I want to deal with his nature. Say that with me, his desire, his desire. and his nature. See, the nature, the desire of something is the heart and the passion behind something. The nature of something is the essence of something. It's what it's made of. It's, it's what it is. It's the nature of something. It, it's, it's, it's the qualities possess what it is. It's the, the, like, um, uh, for instance, like for, for a plant, the nature of, of a plant or the nature of a fruit tree, the essence and the nature of it is for it to produce more fruit. It's what's on the inside of it. It's what it is. It's like we know God is love. He, he is love. It's, he doesn't have love. He is love. If I had a glass bottle and I broke that glass bottle down in place, the thing is it's still glass, but still the substance is still the same. It's still glass. God is love, and we can break him in so many different pieces, but the foundation and the nature is always going to come back to love. You know, God is also Jehovah Jireh. He's a healer, so, but it goes back to what is his nature? He's love, right? 
And so in this scripture, I know the thoughts and plans that I have for you, says the Lord, thoughts and plans of peace and not evil to give you hope in your final outcome. This was written as a declaration and a promise that God was going to restore his people. Amen. Say, restore his people. You see, Jeremiah was given a revelation from God, and he wrote a letter. If you look at verse 1 in chapter 29, verse 1, he takes this letter, and he sends it to all the different kings, and he sends it to all the different people that that were bound by the the Babylonians. And so they write this letter, and he tells them, I want you to read this to all those that are in captivity. And so let's look at verse verse 5, and this is part of what's written here. He tells them to, to those that are in bondage, He's writing, so say you're in prison and you're in bondage to a whole group of people and you're within captivity within their land, all right? So here, God sends Jeremiah, sends him a letter to send to all the leaders and those captive, and he tells them this, build yourselves houses and dwell in them. Plant gardens and eat the fruit of them. See, a lot of times when you're in a difficult place, all you can see is your difficult place. See, they were in bondage, but yet God wanted them to see something different. God wanted to see something more than their bondage. He's telling them, I want you to build houses. See, if you were bound to people, your thinking wouldn't be, okay, I can increase here. I can prosper here. I can grow here. Your whole idea would be, I can't wait to get out of here. See, too often we're looking at where we are and we want to move and not allow God to work where we are. We want God to move us when he's wanting to say, I want to grow you right where you are. Don't look at your, your disappointment and your bondage as the end. I want you to see that I want to build your life in the midst of your chaos. I want to build you in the midst of your struggle. That's what he's telling them. Build houses that dwell in them. Plant gardens and eat the fruit of them. Take wives and have sons and daughters. Take wives for your sons. Give your daughters in marriage that they may bear sons and daughters. Multiply there and do not be diminished. Meaning, don't look at your bondage. Realize that you're going to prosper even there. You know, this was God's desire. Even when the, when, when the, when the Jews were, were, were in bondage, the Israelites were in bondage to the Egyptians, so to speak, and they were under them, they, said they, they became more than the Egyptians. They became more than the Egyptians. So don't look at just because you not, might not be in your land right now or where you think you could be, you will not be diminished if you understand God's heart and you understand God's nature. Verse 7 says, And seek the peace and welfare of the city to which I've called you to be carried away captive. And pray to the Lord for it, for in the welfare of the city in which you live, you will have welfare. Now, I don't have time to go in there. He said, in, I, call, I cause you to be carried away captive. Why did he do that? If you continue to read and you read some other ancient manuscripts, because there was a disease happening and a plague happening where they were at, so God actually moved them out to protect them. Verse 8, for thus says the Lord of hosts of Israel, let not your prophets, your diviners who are in the midst of you deceive you. Pay no attention and attach no significance to your dreams, which you dream, or to theirs. For they prophesy falsely to you in my name. I have not sent them, says the Lord. See, they, the, the prophets were telling him, you're going to be in bondage forever. You're going to be in bondage to them. It's, yeah, yeah, they said only 70 years, but it's going to be a lot longer than 70. It's going to be for, You're going to be in bondage to them forever. So what was God telling Jeremiah to tell them? Hey, don't listen to them. Don't even pay attention to your own dreams. 
Why? Because I know the thoughts and plans that I have for you. See, you got to understand, see, your mind, other people, religion may tell you that what they think God's plan might be. But I want to tell you, because God says he knows the plans and thoughts and his plans and his thoughts for, for them were not to be in bondage for, forever. But his plan was for them to be delivered, to be set free and understanding that this was a word of restoration. God was saying, I know the plans. What? I'm going to restore you. I give you hope in your final outcome. God was saying, I know how it's going to end. I know how your story is going to end. Amen? Amen. God is a God of restoration. Say it with me. God God. is a God God. of restoration. restoration. If I could have one word to describe my Christian walk since 1993, one word I, I would use, restoration. If, if I had one word to describe the word, the Bible, what word would it be? I'd use restoration. From the very beginning, from Genesis chapter 3, when man fell and missed the mark when it came with God, and man lost the glory of God, man lost the very nature of God he was clothed with. He was just like God. Just like God. Exact duplication in kind. And you want to see what God look, looks like? Look at Adam. Just like him. But when they fell, they lost their God, God-like nature. They lost the glory. And the moment that happened, God come down and confronted the situation. And what did he do? After he asked Adam, where are you? And, and went on, he, what was the first thing he did? He cursed the serpent. And he said, there's one coming that is going to bruise your head and you're going to bruise his heel. There's one coming. I mean, the moment this happened, the, the second thing out of God's mouth, besides at, for Adam to wake up to realize that he had missed the mark, was Satan, what you just established, I'm going to restore. Yes. And throughout the whole entire book, 66 books, from Genesis to Revelation, it is story after story after story after story after story of God's restoration. God's people get in bondage. What, he would restore them. They get in bondage again. What? He would restore them. They get in bondage again. He would restore them. I'm telling you, his Nature and his desire is a restoration. In Isaiah 42, for the sake of time, I won't turn there. But God makes a statement through Isaiah, and he says this. He says, he goes, you've been robbed, and you've been stolen, and you've been hidden in prison houses. And he says, because no one cries restore. A couple of verses before that, he says, he goes... Look, you blind, hear ye deaf. And he says, who are the blind and who are the deaf? He says, but my servants. He's saying, my prophets, my ministers, the people that should be following me, they're not declaring something. And he goes, you've been robbed from, you've been stolen. People, have, you, you, they've t- put you in bondage. They've taken this from you. They've taken your things. They've taken your land. They've taken everything you had. And there's no one crying, restore. See, this reveals to me that it's God's desire and it's God's heart to restore our lives. 
from the, from the smallest to the greatest. Don't, don't give the enemy any room in your life to, to take and possess anything. If he's taken anything from you, hey, you, are, you have a right to restoration. Go to Matthew chapter 17. Matthew chapter 17. God always was now announcing restoration. He was always looking for someone to be his voice. Someone declare restore. Someone just let me work and I need someone to work. And how am I going to work? When my prophets start declaring restore. Restore. I speak that over you tonight. Restore. I speak that over your marriages. Restore. I speak that over your finances. Restore. I speak that over disappointment. I speak restore. Hallelujah. Matthew chapter 17. Hallelujah. Verse 10. This is Jesus just came down from the Mount Transfiguration. And he says, the disciples asked him, then why do the scribes say that Elijah must come first? He replied, Elijah does come first and will get everything restored and ready. So I want you to see, what, who was Elijah? Elijah was a prophet. And, and what was he? He goes, I, I, I want him to declare something for, to, for to restore and get things ready. Now let's keep reading here. But I tell you that Elijah has come already. They did not know and recognize him, but did to him as they liked. So also the son of man is going to be treated and suffer at their hands. Meaning they already did what they wanted to Elijah. He's already come, but now they're going to do what they want to do to the son of man. Now listen to this, verse 13. Then the disciples understood that he spoke to them about John the Baptist. So they were talking about Elijah, and now Elijah, now he understands they're talking about John the Baptist. So Elijah to restore, and, and Elijah was a, uh, John the Baptist is a, Elijah was a type and shadow of John the Baptist. What, declaring something happening and going to take place in the wilderness, right? What did John the Baptist declare? Behold the Lamb that takes away the sins of the world. So what was happening? You saw Elijah was declaring things. Isaiah declaring things. Elisha declaring things. Jeremiah declaring things. And now we see John the Baptist. What was he going to do? He was going to come and restore and make ready the king that would come. The one that would bring restoration. Let's go to Acts chapter 3. Father, help me to say only what you want me to say tonight. Acts chapter 3. Thank you, Father. Hmm. Thank you, Father. Let's look at verse 17. I'm reading the King James first. And now, brethren... I would that through ignorance you did it, as did also your rulers. But those things which God beforehand had shown by the mouth of all the prophets that Christ should suffer, he hath, he hath so fulfilled. Amplified says, And now brethren, be, now, brethren, I know that you acted in ignorance, not aware of what you were doing, as did your rulers also. Thus has God fulfilled, God fulfilled, God fulfilled 
God fulfilled what he foretold by the mouth of all the prophets that his Christ, the Messiah, should undergo ill treatment and be afflicted and suffer. So repent, turn around and return that your sins may be erased, blotted out and clean, that times of refreshing may come from the presence of the Lord. What is he saying? He's saying, say all those prophets that declared what? About Christ coming. So go ahead and repent. So what? So I can refresh you. That sounds like restoration, right? See, God was constantly declaring through prophets, throughout the word, that there was one coming that was going to restore. Amen? That one was going to come and he was going to restore. That's his desire. That is his desire. That is his heart, is to restore you. To restore your loved ones. To restore your children. To restore your family. To restore your husband. To restore your wife. To restore Everything that you that, that that's been devastated, God desires to restore it. Say this with me. He desires to restore my life. What does restoration mean? I'm glad you asked. The definition of restore in the just the regular uh, dictionary means to reconstitute in home, life, health. Or organization. The word reconstitute means to reconstruct. So we could say the word restore means to reconstruct home, reconstruct life, reconstruct health, reconstruct organization. To reconstruct your home, your life, your family, a health organization would mean that you've reconstructed, you made improvement where where the end is better than what it was before. Dr. Savell talks about restoration. He says, God's restoration is, is not that it was restored back to its original, but it was restored back and better than the original. That's God's heart for restoration. Amen? Amen? Hallelujah. God's restored my life. You know that? Man, he's restored my life. He's restored me financially. He's restored me uh, when it comes with, with, with an amazing wife. He's restored me with peace. He's restored me with, with my calling and my purpose. He's restored me in so many ways. I can't help but talk about his, his desire and his desire is to restore you. Hallelujah. The thing is, he just wants you to get on board with him. Just get on his plan. Just get on his, 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 just get on his idea of restoration. Get, get on his, it's not, it's not, okay, God, you want to restore me and I live my life the way I want to live. No, get in, get in on his plan. And as you get on his plan, you get on his train. I'm telling you, he will restore you. Hallelujah. In the Greek, in the Hebrew, in the Hebrew, there's two words that make up the word Restoration. The first word means to separate, to complete, to reverse, or to, to depart. Like I said, the first word in the Greek word is to separate, complete, reverse, or depart. The second, second part of that Greek word means to appoint, it means to conduct, it means to make, or it means to set into place. So if we put those two definitions that make up this word in the Greek means, one, to conduct a reversal and bring to a completed state. To conduct a reversal and bring to a completed state. The second word, to depart where you are and arrive at a completed destination. Let me say those two again. To conduct a reversal and bring to a completed state. 
I mean, God wants to complete a reversal and bring you to a new place, a completed state. To depart where you are and arrive at a completed destiny, meaning leave where you are right now and arrive at a new place. Meaning you, meaning you woke up in Crowley and you ended up in a whole new place. That's restoration. That's God. Conduct a reversal. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Mm. Thank you, Father. I was thinking of Danny and Trina. You, you've seen restoration, haven't you? <laughs> Hallelujah. Thank you, Father. You're so good. It's like walking in one way and leaving a new. I got my hair cut today. I walked in one way and it came out new. <laughs> so the second thing. First thing was... God's desire is restoration. Let's look at God's nature is to restore. His essence is to restore. Go to Ruth. Ruth. Look at his nature, who he is, what he does. Hallelujah. It's after Judges. Joshua, Judges, Ruth. Ruth, baby Ruth. <laughs> right, just watch the Goonies over the branches. <laughs> Some people got that. Some people haven't seen the Goonies. You're, you don't know what you're missing. No, uh, Ruth, chapter four. Verse 13. It says, so Boaz took Ruth and she was his wife. And when he went into her, the Lord gave her conception, and she bore a son. And the woman, said, the woman said unto Naomi, Blessed be the Lord, which hath not left me this day without a kinsman, and his name may be famous in Israel. Wow. The Lord, which did not leave me without a kinsman? Hallelujah. The word kinsman is a redeemer. Man, the Lord which hath not left me this day without a redeemer, that his name may be famous in all Israel. You see, Jesus is our redeemer. He is our redeemer. Another word for redeemer can be a restorer. Verse 15 says, and he shall be unto me, he shall be unto thee a restorer of thy life. And a nourisher of thy old age. For thy daughter-in-law which loveth thee, which is better to thee than seven sons, hath borne him. Amplified says in verse 15, And may he be to you a restorer of life and a nourisher and a supporter in your old age. For your daughter-in-law who loves you, who is better to you than seven sons, hath borne him. So this kinsman, this redeemer, man, would be a restorer of life. And this is a picture of Jesus. This is a picture of Jesus. The nature of God is to restore. That's what the Lord does. That's what the Lord, he wants to restore. That's, what, that's who he is. What about Psalms 23? The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. What, he makes me lie down by, in green pastures. He restoreth my soul. The Lord is my shepherd, but he restores my soul. 
It's part of his nature. It's part of what he does. It's who he is and what he does. Joel chapter 2, for the sake of time, you don't need to turn there, verse 25. He says, I will restore to you the years that the canker worm and the palmer worm has stolen. I will restore to you the years. I will restore to you the years. This is God declaring, I will restore to you. And I mean, countless scriptures I could go throughout the, out the scriptures and we could talk about God's desire and we could talk about his nature as being one that restores. The Lord, our heavenly father, Jesus restores. Let's go to Isaiah chapter 10. Go to Isaiah chapter 10 and then in Luke chapter 4. Isaiah chapter 10 and Luke 4. The nature, the essence of God. He restores. He desires to restore and he is a restorer. Hallelujah. Isaiah 10 and Luke 4. And we just saw that the Lord, he restored. He's a shepherd and he restores our soul. Joel 2, he says, I will restore what was stolen. We saw in, in Ruth 4, it says that he is a restorer of life. Now let's look at this in verse 27. And it shall come to pass in that day that his burden shall be taken away from off thy shoulder and his yoke from off thy neck, and the yoke shall be destroyed because of the anointing. Now, we're talking about the nature of God, right? And it shall come to pass in that day that his burden shall be taken away. The burden shall be taken away from off your shoulder and his yoke from off your neck, and the yoke shall be destroyed because... Of what? So here, we're seeing these burdens being taken away. So if there was something on Cassie, and I remove, and I take that away, then she would have just been restored. Right? right. right? And the yoke from off thy neck shall be destroyed. If, if a yoke is, some, is, is what you would do to lead oxen, in a particular, in a particular uh, direction. So it's kind of got a picture of being, being driven by a, 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 uh, a, a plowman. It's like being driven by a taskmaster. And this yoke is on you, and this yoke is directing your life. This yoke is consuming your thinking. This yoke is, is, is bringing depression. It's bringing weights. It's, this yoke could be addictions. This yoke could be oppression. This yoke could be so many different things. But it says that this yoke would be destroyed because of what? And the word destroy here is, is to ground to powder. It means that it is broken so completely and so badly that it can't be put back together. It's destroyed in such a way that you couldn't glue it together, you couldn't mold it back together, you cannot fix it. Why? Because the anointing is that good. The anointing is that good that it takes away burdens and it, and it destroys yokes. That's the anointing. And the anointing is, is whose anointing? Whose anointing? 
the Lord's anointing. It's God's anointing. So God's anointing, meaning, meaning his glory, his presence, his power, the very essence of it is to bring restoration. Now let's go to Luke 4. Luke 4. Verse 16, Jesus just came out of the wilderness and he says he came to Nazareth where he had been brought up and as his custom was, he went into the synagogue on the Sabbath day and he stood up for to read and there was delivered unto him the book of the prophet Isaiah. And when he opened the book, he found the place where it is written, the spirit of the Lord is upon me because he hath anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. He has sent me to heal the brokenhearted to preach deliverance to the captives, recovery of sight to the blind, to set at liberty them that are bruised, and to preach the acceptable year of the Lord. So now we see Jesus coming on, who who is what? Who all the prophets, who John the Baptist, who came to declare what? Restore, restore. There's restoration coming. God declared something. There's restore. There's one coming that's going to bruise his head. There's one coming. The prophet's declaring restoration. Isaiah, Jeremiah, different ones. Elijah, Elisha, different ones declaring, hey, the anointing's coming. The anointing's coming. The restoration is coming. John the Baptist stood up. Behold, he's here. Behold, this is him. He's the one that's restoring. And now we see Jesus standing up. And what does he say? The spirit of the Lord is on me. The spirit of the Lord is on me. And what? That spirit did what? That spirit has anointed me. That spirit has anointed me. And what did we talk about? We just talked about that. What does the anointing do? It removes burdens and what? It destroys yokes. That's what it does. That's, That's what it does. That's the nature of the anointing. It destroys Burdens, it destroys yokes, it removes burdens. Hallelujah. And now Jesus says the spirit of the Lord, the spirit of the one who has a desire to restore is on me. And he has given me the anointing, which is the power to restore. And because Jesus tells us what that, that anointing, It says, because that anointing is on me, what am I going to do? I'm going to preach the gospel to the poor. I'm going to preach good news to the poor. What is good news to a poor person? They don't have to be poor anymore. That sounds like that's a message of restoration to me. Hallelujah. To heal the brokenhearted. If someone's heart has been broken, someone's been bruised and crushed in their mind and in their spirit, and it says they're healed, that means they're restored. That means they're healing, they're, they're, bro- they're brokenhearted. Their broken heart is now restored. Yes. To preach deliverance to the captives. If you're captive and someone's preaching good news that you don't need to be captive, yes, that means there's a message of restoration taking place. Yes. And recovery of sight to the blind, that's restoration. To set at liberty them that are bruised, that's restoration. To preach the acceptable year of the Lord, that means that every debt that you had has been paid. That is restoration. I'm telling you, his desire is to restore. And his nature is to restore. Say that with me. His desire desire is to restore. restore. 
and his nature nature is to restore. restore. So the third thing I'm going to talk talk about tonight is while you're waiting for restoration, your focus must be fixed on the fact that God is a good God. What do you do? What do you do while you're waiting for restoration? What do you do while you're waiting for restoration? You have to focus and fix your eyes on the fact that God is a good God. You know, when I, I experienced things in my life and, and, and I would have questions of why did this happen and why did that happen to me and why didn't, this, why didn't my prayer seem to be answered here and why didn't this seem to come to pass? Why didn't that happen? I always had to come back to, all right, yeah, my mind's going to have questions. Right. In the natural, I'm going to have questions. Okay, so what do I do between the, 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 until the restoration taking place? What do I do? And the Lord said, you need to focus on my goodness. Yeah. Because the enemy is going to want you to focus on the negative. He's going to want you to focus on what's not happening. He's going to want you to focus on the symptoms that haven't left yet. He's going to want you to focus on the pain that's still there. He's going to want you to focus on every obstacle to restoration. If, you, if you're, you've constantly been in this cycle of failure, making mistakes and, and temptations and sin, the enemy is going to want you to focus on how much you failed instead of how, how complete his forgiveness is. The enemy is always going to come to you with, with the opposite of God's desire for restoration. Amen. So what we have to do in the process of, of restoration until, until we've seen the manifestation of restoration is focus on his goodness. When I say focus, I'm saying give your attention to this, that God is good. When I say focus, I'm saying concentrate and meditate on his goodness. Word meditate, our word, uh, the Greek word, the Hebrew word is the word mutter. And the word mutter gives us a picture and gives us an image of when a cow chews the cud and they chew it and then they swallow it and they spit it back up again and they chew it and they swallow it. I know that's kind of gross, but, and they, and they, and they, and they do it again and they keep doing it again until they get all the nutrients out of what that is to produce for their bodies. And so it's the same thing with the word. It's the same thing meditating on the word. It's, it's thinking about, it's, it's meditating. The word mutter, the word mutter means to speak softly, to, to, to speak repetitively and, and, and softly. What, is that, what does that mean, mutter? It means to not only am I saying it, but I'm thinking about it as I'm saying it. It could be like this, God supplies all my needs according to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus. Oh, God supplies all my needs. All, 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 everyone, all, completely, all of it, every bit of it, all, all, not just some, but all, all, my needs, it's my needs, my needs, not not Trey's needs, my needs. Yeah, Trey can get his own, but my needs. (laughs) My needs. And, and, just, and that's meditating, that's, that's continuing to meditate. It's thinking about it. It's, it's bringing it up. And it's allowing the word to bring the living, the life to your situation. So when, you, when I talk about focus, I'm saying meditate upon God is good. 
Oh, you're a good God. Yeah, you got David through. Yeah, you can get me through. You're a good God. You're a good God. Let's go to uh, Psalms 45. Just a couple more scriptures and I'll be done. Psalms 145. Did I say 45? 145. Psalms 145, verse 1. On the top of mind here, the description of this psalm is the goodness of the Lord. It says, I will extol thee, my God. Meaning, I will lift up my God, O King. I will bless thy name forever and ever. Every day will I bless thee, and I will praise thy name forever and ever. Great is the Lord, and greatly to be praised, and his greatness is unsearchable. One generation shall praise thy works to another and shall declare thy mighty acts. I will speak of the glorious honor of thy majesty and thy wonderful works. And men shall speak of the might of thy terrible acts, and I will declare thy greatness. They shall abundantly utter the memory of thy great goodness and shall sing of thy righteousness. The Lord is gracious and full of compassion, slow to anger and of great mercy. The Lord is good to all. And his mercies are over all thy works. And thy works shall praise thee, O Lord, and thy saints shall bless thee. The Lord is good to all. The Lord is good to all. That, that needs to be a scripture that you just keep in your heart. The Lord is good to all. The Lord is good to all. The Lord is good to all. And I love, and his tender mercies are over all his works. See, a lot of times people look at works, we look at an object. But you got, you're his work. The Lord is good to all. Hallelujah. And his mercies are over, Justin. Hallelujah. All thy works, Justin, shall praise thee, O Lord, and thy saints shall bless thee. They shall speak of thy glory, of thy kingdom, and talk of thy power. See, what is David is meditating on the goodness of God. He's talking about his power. He's talking about his heart. He's talking about his, his love, his mercies. He's talking about everything he can think good about God. He's bringing it up and he's meditating on it. That's how you focus. When you're waiting for restoration, you have to focus, meditate, and concentrate on that goodness. Psalm 23 says, sure, it's verse 6 says, Surely your goodness and mercy will follow me all the days of my life. Psalms 27, 13 and 14 says, I would have despaired unless I had believed that I would see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. What do you say? I would have despaired unless I had believed to see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. He says, wait for the Lord. Be strong and let your heart take courage. Yes, wait on the Lord. I tell you, God's will and his nature is restoration. God's nature is... God's will and desire is restoration. God's nature is restoration. And it's up to us to focus on his goodness while we're waiting for restoration. From devastation to restoration. It's his nature. It's his desire. And it's because he's good. Oh, Father, we thank you for your word tonight. Thank you for that word that empowers us from the inside out. Thank you that that word strengthens us, that word equips us. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. If you're needing restoration in this place tonight, just stand to your feet. If you're needing restoration, in it, just, just stand to your feet. Hallelujah. 
Hallelujah, hallelujah. Hallelujah, thank you. It doesn't matter what it is. It doesn't matter what it could, it could have to do with peace. It could have to do with physical. It had to be the enemy's taking something from you that's rightfully yours. Whatever it is, it doesn't matter what it is. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. If you stood up, I want you to lift your hands to heaven. Hallelujah. If you, if you didn't stand up, I want you to stretch your hands towards them. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. First, I want to ask you, do you agree with this word? Do you agree that God's desire is to restore you? Do you believe it's his nature to restore you? Do you believe that he's a good God? Do you believe without a shadow of a doubt that he wants to restore you? Hallelujah. Father, I declare restore, 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 restore. Hallelujah. Restore. Hallelujah. Now, now listen, if you're here tonight and I just want one person, one person that, 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 that is here and you're needing restoration in your physical body, come up here and you're going to represent Every, uh, everyone else up here, everyone else in here, someone has, it pertains to finances. Come up here right now. One person, one person. So have, having to do with, with family, one person come up here. <clears throat> if it's having to do with a child, come up here. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Now, if you lifted your hands, I want you to put your hands back up. And I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to just do this really fast. Hallelujah. 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 Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Cassie. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Who, which person up here came here for, for, for health and he, healing? Hallelujah. Go ahead, Cassie. Hallelujah. 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 Thank you to be praying in the Holy Ghost. Praying in the Holy Ghost. Hallelujah. He's a restorer. 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 Cindy, stand over here. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Cindy, come over here. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. He's a restorer. He's a restorer. He's a restorer. And he's restoring now in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Restore in Jesus. It's in Jesus' name. It's in Jesus' name. It's in Jesus' name. It's in Je- Jesus is the restorer. He's the restorer. Jesus is the restorer. Restore, restore, restore in Jesus' name. Restore, restore, restore. Remove every burden and destroy every yoke in Jesus' name. It's in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. It's not in my name. It's, it's in his name. It's in the name of Jesus. It's in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. 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 As the disciples declared, it's, by, it's in his name and faith in his name that made that man restored at the, at the gate called beautiful. It was in his name and faith in that name that made him and caused him to be restored in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. So lift your hands and say, it's in that name. And it's in faith in that name that has restored me, restored my body, restored my family, restoring my children, restoring my finances. Hallelujah. 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 Floodgates open up. 
Hallelujah. Angels go to work. Hallelujah. 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 Thank you for jobs and more jobs, better jobs, increase and promotion in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. We thank you for it. In Jesus' name. Hallelujah. You be seated. <clears throat> now, what do you do? Focus on his goodness. Trey, you can come on up. Focus on his goodness. Focus on his goodness. <clears throat> 